Are you ready to be a better, more successful, and open-minded trader and investor? I'm Serge Berger, head trader and investment strategist at thestudytrader.com, and I want to help you get there. Whether you've been investing for years or are just getting your feet wet, this podcast will help you cut through the noise and get dialed in on the big picture. We will utilize research, guest interviews, and real-time analysis of the market. We're at a critical juncture in the market where knowledge really will mean power. Hey everyone, it's Serge Berger here. I'm your host for the Steady Wealth Podcast. And as we are quickly getting to the end of 2022, we have to ask ourselves the question, why have investors, and I'm going to say retail investors here specifically, why have they not capitulated yet? And let's define capitulation before um, before we even go any further. Capitulation, essentially, what that means in, in equity market terms, um, stock market terms, simply means when people throw in the towel. So maybe I'll use that phrase interchangeably here along with capitulation. Now, a lot of you have probably looked at your portfolio year to date and noticed that it might be down. I'm sure there's some uh, exceptions. Someone's probably up this year that's listening right now, but most people, most people's portfolios are down. That's really just basically because most people are extremely highly correlated in terms of their allocation to the broader equity markets and to the broader fixed income markets. And when they're both down sharply as they are year to date, then uh, most people's portfolios tend to be down. And that brings up, of course, another topic, which we will address in another podcast. How can we get our correlation away from the S&P 500? And that actually is possible. And uh, it's something I think actually a lot of people should seriously consider doing. But anyway, let's get back to the whole point of um, capitulation. So if we look back at history, most investors, and again, I'm very specifically here focusing on the retail investor, institutional investors are a bit of a different animal. They have different timeframes, somewhat less emotions there at, at, um, at task. And the retail investor tends to be much more emotional. So throughout history, we have seen that the average retail investor basically sells at the bottom, capitulates, throws in the towel at the lows. And, and I think here too, this is probably something a lot of people have heard before. Um, and it's something that uh, not only holds true, but it's also something that we want to avoid as much as possible. As with most things in trading and investing, the way to avoid selling at the lows, or by the way, the inverse of that is buying at the highs, which I'll address here in a minute, is by having perspective. And perspective does not mean you look at your favorite moving average and make a call about the market, but perspective means having a broad idea of what's going on in the economy. Where are we in the business cycle? Um, A whole bunch of things. doesn't mean you have to become an economist. As I always say, that tends to be more detrimental to your success maybe as an investor than anything. But but we have to have an idea. And if that's something that you are not willing or 
just don't think you have the capacity to learn in terms of time, then get a financial advisor, get an investment advisor. That's what we so much focus on and try to explain to people that unless you're willing to learn that stuff and really take time, uh, it's better to have your assets managed somewhere else. That's what we do at Blue Marlin Advisors, for example. Or subscribe to research. That's what we do at the Steady Trader, right? Where you get that stuff sent to you with actionable trade alerts as well and investment ideas and things like that. So capitulation is 100% a function of not knowing and not having perspective. And when we don't have perspective, when we have uncertainty, that is when we as human beings tend to make uh, irrational decisions. And irrational decisions are usually not a good thing to do. We can get lucky, of course, making an irrational decision. But even if we do make the right irrational decision, uh, we're in a state of, of, of being irrational. Even if we may end up making the right decision, we then don't have enough context uh, to know what to do with sort of the next chess move, if that makes sense. So people tend to sell at the lows because they panic. Now, again, as I said before, the inverse of that is buying at the top, right? So like if you look at back at 2021, I'm sure if you ask around your circle of friends or colleagues, family even maybe, I'm sure there were a lot of people that were buying at the top. And the top, by the way, is not something that happens in one day, nor does a bottom necessarily happen in one day. These are turning points. And even though you might one on one specific day see the absolute top or lows of a market, yes, of course, that's going to happen. But the process is, is, is usually a multi-week, usually more like a multi-month process. We saw that at the top in 2021, heading into 2022, the equity market was topping really for a series of three to four or five months, depending on how closely one was looking. Now, let's focus a little bit more about the capitulation, what happens. And then I, I do want to very specifically address why not that many people, not as many as one would have thought, have yet capitulated in this market. I mean, the NASDAQ was at some point, and, and, when, and when I say the NASDAQ, I mean the NASDAQ 100. I think at some point uh, this year from, from peak to trough, it was down uh, about almost 38%. I mean, it, these are some, that's a pretty big move. But we'll get back to that in a minute and kind of discuss why that is and, and how we can make sure we don't do that and what maybe some alternatives are and how we can actually make money from all of this, which of course is the point. So again, people tend to sell at the lows. And again, when I say the lows, I don't mean exactly at the, the dollar to the penny kind of lows in the market, just you know, somewhere not ideal. And a lot of it has to do with specifically the amount of portfolio drawdown that they're seeing. Now, every person is a little bit different, but we do know that for a lot of people, the threshold in their portfolio to be down is about 30% before they really panic. Three zero. And a lot of people are not yet down 30% year to date. They might be down 25. They might be down 20. And it doesn't feel good, but they're not down 30. And if you have an elongated bull market with you know free money having been thrown at the consumer through the pandemic, this can go even longer. Maybe people need to be down 35, 40%. It's entirely possible. 
So that's the number. So a lot of people tend to freak out, capitulate, throw in the towel when they're down 30%. But the other part about this, and this is the much less talked about bit about it, but equally, if not more important to understand, is that lots of people don't like to be down that long for more than a few months. Usually it's the six month mark is where they kind of draw the line. So just to give you a simple example, and this of course is a bit unrealistic to go from January 1st to December 31st in this sort of example I'm about to give you, but just kind of work with me here. So let's say in January 1st, market starts going lower. And by um, April, May, uh, one you know, John, let's say, fictitious character, John is down in his portfolio down 30%. He doesn't like it. But, you know, he's only now at the four or five month mark, April, May. So he's thinking, well, let's see where this is by the summer. June comes around, June turns into July, and his portfolio is still down 30%. That's usually when he caves. And he will sell at that point because a 30% drawdown, of course, is almost a third, right? That is almost a third of his portfolio that has now evaporated. And that's usually when fear kicks in. And a lot of the, the people that sell at the lows usually don't have investment advisors, or if they do have investment advisors, which, which you know, plenty of people have, they tend to be the ones that don't really actually give advice. They just allocate you money to a bunch of mutual funds or ETFs and let it rip. And then, of course, that's not really very helpful. The other thing that happens, though, is when a portfolio is down 30% for more than six months, is that the economy begins to slow. And as the economy begins to slow, people will, some people, more people, will begin to lose their jobs. Or the prospects of getting a new job or a different job are not as good as they were before. So even if someone doesn't lose a job, if they see that there's less job openings internally in their company, you know, people hear about it internally, intranet, whatever, you know, they can, they can check up on those things. And before you know it, it's kind of like almost like a mini panic as if one would have lost their job. So now they're thinking to themselves, and this is, this is all, by the way, very rational, this bit. They're thinking, okay, I just lost a third of my, of my portfolio and I can't get that new job that I was thinking about. I'm not going to get a raise for sure. And maybe, maybe I'll even lose my job. That's usually where the 30% drawdown lasting more than six months leads that person to capitulate. A lot of people um, will sell, you know, half of their portfolio at the near the lows. A lot of people will also completely cash out. And I can tell you this empirically, if I look at the emails that we're getting from some people that are not even clients, these are just people that come to us for, for, for help, just randomly write to us. Um, we've gotten, gotten a lot more things like, uh, you know, hey guys, I lost my job or I may lose my job. My portfolio is done. Can you help me? Right? So in my mind, we're getting closer and closer to the capitulation point, by the way, um, but we're not quite there. Now, before we talk a little bit about what we can do to avoid this, aside from just gaining perspective and you know work and research, <laughs> which of course is important, let's talk about the other problem that capitulating at the low has, which is most of those people that sell near the lows, they don't get back in. And the not getting back in 
is actually the worse problem than the capitulating near the lows. If one sells their stocks near the low of the bear market, then as long as one gets back in, in the not too distant future, you could say, okay, well, I just wanted to de-risk a little bit. I want to step aside. And of course, one would have missed um, some moves here and there, but broadly speaking, at least one is getting back in. We also know though, very much empirically, that lots of people who capitulate don't get back in. In fact, most people. Um, I can give you an example, for, exa- for example, in the year 2000. Uh, lots of people blew up their portfolios with being long internet stocks and you know the internet bubble as it's called now looking back left a lot of people you know that were paper millionaires with ultimately having almost nothing left in their portfolio and then they were so shocked that they just said listen I'm not ever playing the stock market game again and that was that and there was such disgust about the the stock market by the retail community that even just the thought of buying a stock was just incomprehensible. Yet, as soon as that happened, as soon as we finally had all the people who gave up hope, which is really what this is, it's giving up hope. As soon as they, those people sold, the new, bar, the, new bull, the new bull market could start happening, will we'll be born. Now, there's an important note there as well about the new bull markets. Now, the new bull markets don't necessarily start all at once and just on just one day and it's off to the races, meaning new bull markets you know, take time to, to develop. Underneath the surface, lots of bull markets um, you know, usually start way, 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 way before even the broader markets lift. So certain stocks will start doing really well way before the bear market's over. Now, here's the thing, though. One of the big issues with not being in the market when the new bull market starts is that the beginning of the new bull market, let's just talk about the S&P 500, tends to be so sharp so that one could lose out on like a third or even more of the bull market's you know next 12 to 24 month run. Think about that. Which is exactly why what we're talking about today is that we don't want to capitulate at the lows. Because the initial snapback is so sharp that if one is not invested, then one can significantly underperform and ultimately hurt their own financial future and retirement. So we don't want to do that. The question, of course, is, how do we avoid that? How can we remain somewhat cool and collected and not be phased if our portfolios are down 30%, 35%, if that's ever you know, going to happen? Well, one thing we need to keep in mind is time horizons. Now, of course, if someone is, let's say, 75 years old, they don't want to be allocated all in equities and certainly not all in high growth, high volatility stocks. Yet, empirically, I can tell you right now that lots of people are in that age group, which is not good. So a lot of it has to do with being appropriately positioned going into the bear market, meaning as the bull market starts to fade out. And for those of you folks that are study trader members, 
uh, you know that we were ringing the bell about as loud as we could in the autumn of 2021 that it's time to tell sell tech stocks and start uh, just raising a lot of cash. So that kind of a move can avoid or help us avoid then, you know, A, having a big drawdown like that. And even if we do have a big drawdown like that, at least it's not happening in extremely volatile things. So think about it this way. So let's, let's say you, you are in a position right now where your portfolio is down 20, 25, 30%. And let's assume for a minute that you are, and this is just purely assumption, let's assume you are 60 years old. Okay. And, and in this case, it almost doesn't matter in this example, whether you're 50 or 40 uh, or, or 30 or, or, or 70, it doesn't really matter. But let's assume that's your thing. But let's also make the assumption that you did de-risk a little bit this year. And I, I do think people have, but not enough. That's kind of the point. Of this. But let's assume you did de-risk a little bit, meaning that you have some cash is really my point. And even if you didn't de-risk, let's assume you have some cash. Well, one thing one could hypothetically do is as the market capitulates, and I do expect that to happen at some point in the first number of months in 2023, is one can start to buy something as simple as the S&P 500 SPY tracker ETF or the NASDAQ 100 QQQ tracker ETF. And what is what that is going to do once we start getting that initial sharp snapback that I talked about the bull market, and, and let me just be clear on that. It does not mean that I expect all of a sudden us to, us to go to fresh or new all-time highs in the markets. I don't see that happening anytime soon, by the way. Um, but an initial snapback will then, if one buys into the capitulation lows or near there, as opposed to selling, what then happens is we are levering we're kind of levering up our portfolio, if that makes sense. Now, I'm not ex- I'm not advocating doing this with levered things like um like levered ETFs or even with um with with options or futures. I'm just going to basically basic case here is just buying some SPY or QQQ, just a simple example. What then happens is by buying so low, quote unquote, when that initial snapback happens, we can make so much money back that our portfolio has like, it's kind of like a, a coiled up spring, right? And you can kind of imagine what that effect would be. So even if one's portfolio is down 20, 30% year to date, then that's not comfortable. Uh, assuming there is some cash around that, that one, that one does not need to live on. And mind you, this is not financial advice. I'm just trying to give you one thing that can be done. Um, one can get back into or add, put some cash to work, even if it's not at the lows. Again, picking the bottom is tough. In fact, it's impossible consistently. Um, can really work wonders ultimately. And this is, by the way, goes back to a fundamental, simple thing that lots of people advocate, yet too many particularly self-directed investors just simply don't do it. Dollar cost averaging. In very simple tools, simple terms, excuse me, it just means that one has kind of like an auto an auto deposit, you know, whatever the amount is, that's all relative, of course, to one's net worth and all that kind of stuff. One has some money coming into the market on a consistent basis, whether that's, you know, on a monthly basis, on a quarterly basis, 
so that you're kind of dollar cost averaging lower. So imagine if you have a stock, whatever stock that is, let's say it's McDonald's, and this is not a recommendation, just a random idea. So let's say you have McDonald's, right? And the stock is at a hundred bucks. And every quarter you buy a little bit more. You buy some when the stock is at a hundred, you buy some when it's at 70, you buy some more when it's at 50, whatever. Now, when the stock was a hundred bucks, you could only maybe buy a few shares, but when it's at 50, you can buy maybe twice as many shares. So then when the stock rebounds, your dollar cost is much lower and you have more shares, right? At a lower price. So then your, your break-even point goes down, and when the stock rallies, you will make money quicker. That's the same example, example of what I just gave you here with the idea of, of, of if one has some cash, um, uh, how one can really snap back out of a, 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 uh, out of a bear market when the bear market starts to wane and, and make, you know, make money quickly. I'm going to hate to sound so, sound so, um, so aggressive in sort of that allocation strategy, but that's kind of, that's kind of the idea. Now, another thing I think that's really important about this whole idea of why people haven't capitulated yet in this market really has to do with how long this bull market has been. I mean, I'm just going to look at the S&P 500 here on my chart. And essentially the bull market that ended in 2021 really started in 2000 and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say 2009. Okay. That's really when it ended. Now 2009 was a horrible year. A lot of bad things happened in the financial markets, but the stock market was actually, uh, was actually um was actually higher for the year believe it or not <laughs> which uh, which is incredible a lot of people don't remember that so we have a bearable market that has gone from again let's say 2009 into 2021 even i can do that math that's about a 12 year bull market that's a long time and not only did we have a 12 year bull market we also had a 12 year bull market that had very little volatility if we just kind of forget for a minute the COVID period, okay, which we can't forget because it was real, very real, but it was very short-lived in the markets. I'm not talking about the, you know, the health, the, the health pandemic we have, but the actual on the market, in the markets. So we had a very low volatility market and what, 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 what the, 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 um, the sell-offs in that period from 2009, 2021 have done to investors is because they snapped back so quickly because they went back to break even so quickly. They never really experienced any pain at the end of the year. When they opened up their account, their account was still up 10, 15% a lot of times. And so a 12, if that happens over 12 years, you, you get a lot of complacency and that's really ultimately where, where I wanted this today's episode to go to. We get lots of investor complacency. And complacency is the most dangerous thing we can have in markets because the more complacent investors are, ultimately, the more pain they will have to feel in their portfolios before they capitulate. That is also why, and this is 
getting a bit more, you know, to, 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 to the, the number here. That is also why I have absolutely no problem thinking that before this bear market is over, that the S&P 500 drops between 35, between 30 and 35%, maybe more, maybe 40%. Okay. Some of this has very little to do with fundamentals. Some of it has to do with interest rates, but also a good amount of it, maybe a third, maybe more than a third has to do with the way investors are thinking about the market and the lack of fear in the market is really what it gets to. And that lack of fear is going to ultimately lead to what I think is a sharper sell-off. So the sell-offs are going to be get quicker and quicker and quicker from here on forward in this bear market until we finally capitulate. And the sooner people capitulate, the sooner we can get this done with. By the way, also, that's kind of what the Fed wants. The Fed would like risk assets to come down. So the more we see these risk assets rally, the less the Fed is going to feel comfortable saying, okay, we're going to ease off the pedal on hiking rates. Some of it can be reduced down to some pretty simple concepts. Now, of course, you know, financial markets are highly complex. You've got the whole world participating in them and so on and so forth. But, um, but the lack of fear is very concerning. And the bottom line is that most people have not capitulated. I can tell you this empirically by talking to people. They are not yet as fearful as they, in my humble opinion, should be. And before we see a loan, an actual capitulation in the markets. And it has to do, like I said, with the duration of the market, with the fact that one more point, by the way, is that a lot of new investors, people that have never really invested before came into the markets over the past 10 years, whether they are retirees that are, were very late to start to save um, the, uh, the advent of the retail investor rising, right. Uh, is part of that. But also a whole new cohort of people, you know, new generations, millennials and, and, and younger that had never invested before. They're now investing and they don't know. They've never seen a market that doesn't rebound back to all-time highs, which at this point is completely unrealistic. They've never seen a market that just basically goes down on a year-over-year basis. But they will see that now. And ultimately, they will capitulate. And we as investors, and that's my final message here on this podcast and the ultimate point I want to make, we as investors can take advantage of this, meaning we don't have to see our portfolios go down 30 40%. We can take preemptive action by you know de-risking. So as I'm recording this right now, we're here going into the early part of December. We are in the early part of December. And you know, I personally think we have another major leg lower in equities. So before everyone else capitulates, we can raise some cash. Then maybe give us the opportunity in let's say the spring of next year to maybe buy again. Right. That way, not only do we, do we not have to capitulate out of fear, we can also buy and take the other side of human emotion. If we can buy when everyone's freaking out and we can do this cons- with some consistency, we have a major advantage over the rest of the, of the investors. And that's really what this is all about. Go to the steadytrader.com. You can subscribe to our podcast there. You can sign up for our free daily video newsletter. I make a little video every day with new ideas, 
updates on the markets, actionable ideas. We'd love to hear from you as well. You can always email always email us at support at thestudytrader.com. Check out our website. Make sure you get familiar with our market rover, which is our amazing tool that we use to navigate us through around the markets. Until next time, folks, be well, stay well, and I'll talk to you soon.